Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I'm Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Subjective reality means that something actually exists and is dependent on the mind. For example, someone walks by a flower and experiences the beauty of the flower. Objective reality means that something actually exists that is independent of the mind. For example, the spirit, the soul, or a physical object, all of which you have never thought about before, yet still exist. The narrative world is made of stories. The narrative paradigm is a theory that all meaningful communication is a form of storytelling. Psychologist Jordan Peterson said, Sometimes the objective world and the narrative world touch. The reason and logic of the Greeks melded with a religious revelation found in the Judeo-Christian thought into Western civilization, resulting in the idea that a good God created an ordered universe and he demands a response of moral behavior by men. Therefore, reason and revelation live in constant but friendly tension. Reason posits that we only know truth by what we observe, test, and measure. It is fact that drives our understanding of the universe. Revelation posits that there are certain fundamental truths handed down to us by a transcendent God. We didn't invent these truths. We received them from God, and they are required to build a functional society and to lead to a happy life. Only Western civilization has found a way to balance reason and revelation. Without reason, we fall into fanaticism, like Nazism. Without Judeo-Christian thought, we fall into scientific materialism. The idea that only subjective reality matters, the things I can see and measure. In the 20th century, socialistic communism rejected faith, and the results were these. Communist Russia and communist China killed over 100 million people. Today, progressives want to reject both reason and revelation in order to take us back where we were governed by only our feelings, the chaos and disorder of early man. The challenges of raising a family and carving out your existence in this malaise of culture is head-shaking. When was the last time you heard the national discussion not centered around personal rights, privileges, and impulsive pleasures? Who was talking about personal responsibility on the national level and not getting screamed off the stage or censored for being some kind of racist? But in order to talk about responsibility, you have to talk about virtues, along with courage and nobility. If we saw ourselves responsible to acknowledge God above all things, not worship other things, or use his name when we're pissed off, but showed respect for the Almighty. If we went back to church and the bishops and pastors stopped all the rhetoric about mandates and masks that make it difficult for men, women, and children to get through the door. If we began to treat the family as the most important entity in our lives. If we stopped killing people over pride and jealousy, stopped burning cities down and stealing in cowardly acts of vengeance. If we stopped cheating on our spouses and telling outlandish stories to cover it up, simply because we find it too hard to forgive when our spouses offend us. If we want something, let's put our heart and mind into working for it, earning it, and not simply thinking that someone should give it to us like a spoiled brat. When our narrative is filled with the examples of men and women who have governed their actions by virtues, courage, and nobility, we are inspired. We know that the most creative people in the world can quite often be the most unstable. 
We know that reason and revelation can find a better solution and understanding than a third, fourth, or fifth gender identity. Instability, like confusion, is a part of life at times, and creativity is necessary for growth. We all face battles that are too difficult to face alone. We know that three strands are not easily broken. Once a man came to a hospital where Mother Teresa was working. It appeared that he had a bundle of twigs in his cart for the fire. When the saint looked closer, she saw that the twigs were actually the severely weakened limbs of a child, nearly at the point of starvation. The man said, If you do not take the child, I will throw him to the wolves. St. Teresa writes, With much pity and love, I take the little one into my arms and fold him into my apron. This child has found a second mother. In Matthew 18.5 we read, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. In all cultures there is no story such as this, where God became a man because humankind was so stubborn that this God could not tolerate them any longer. Therefore he chose to sacrifice himself in their place, selecting a Roman cross to free them from their own self-imposed failures by rising from the dead out of love. No other religions of the East, the Middle East, the Americas, Southern Seas, Northern Tundras, or Africa have a like answer to this objective world meeting the narrative world. Better yet, this narrative paradigm was prophesied for over 4,000 years before it all came to life. When Jordan Peterson said that sometimes the objective world and the narrative world touch, he was speaking about something greater. He was speaking about this very story about Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, becoming flesh and living among us. And what's really incredible is that God is calling every man, woman, and child to participate with him where the spirit and soul touch. And we are not just food for the worms because we will get to live forever with Christ in a place described as a wedding feast. You are being asked to participate in this meeting place where he comes to you in your narrative world. God only knows what you'd be if you truly believed. George Pickett had known Abraham Lincoln years before in Illinois, before he joined the Confederate Army. General Pickett had led the famous yet ill-fated Pickett's Charge at Gettysburg. Toward the close of the war, when a large part of Virginia had fallen into the hands of the Union, the President called on General Pickett's home. The General's wife, with her son in arms, met the President at the door. Lincoln asked if this was the General's home. With all the dignity she could muster, the general's wife said, yes, she was his wife, and this was his youngest son. The president replied, I am Abraham Lincoln, George's old friend. Well, immediately the lad jumped from his mother's arms into the arms of the president, giving him a kiss on the cheek. The astonished Mr. Lincoln looked at the child and said, tell your father, that rascal, that I forgive him for the sake of your bright eyes. We must never forget the central theme of Revelation is forgiveness. For whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum. <laughs>